0: hallelujah welcome welcome to kingdom life embassy welcome come on to the best church in the world god lives here he visits everywhere else welcome to everybody online come on look to your name and tell them i'm so glad you came to service this morning hallelujah let your neighbor know say you're looking better than the last time i seen you amen hallelujah glory be to god come on are you a child of the king greet somebody right now in your presence in your vicinity high five somebody let them know this is a good day to praise the Lord amen this is a good day to praise the Lord amen it's wonderful to have you in service this morning greetings to every single one of you hallelujah God bless you great to have you in service this morning we appreciate you you may be seated amen and amen glory be to jesus welcome welcome every single one of you and those online we love you we have a baby dedication service that we'll be doing as soon as we are done preaching we will be praying over our babies and and the like let me get into the word that the lord has put in my spirit for you um and of course We have to address what's in the atmosphere i'm almost having to put my message on pause as i'm dealing with the various the gospels and we're dealing with men in in um specifically it has been but of course you know there's no gender in the spirit so every mother understands that every woman understands that it's what you're looking for in your husband it's what you're praying over your children it's for your, your your daughter's husband and um It's so good to see so many of you in service this morning. Amen. It's wonderful that your people are returning back and our sons and daughters are returning. I do have a word for you from the Lord, I feel, um, to bring some clarity around some things. The the thing that's trending, of course, is uh, Dr. Creflo Dollar's message around tithing and how um, it's shaking some for others, um, like myself. It's just making me more bold and... Um, let us actually just preach the Word of God and find out, and you, you judge for yourself. You study the Word and find out if this is exactly what the Word of God is saying, and let me give you my personal experience of what happened even with Dr. Dollar and my life. And so we're going to get into some things this morning. Um, you're going to have to take some notes. I've got some scripture for you. you are going to get some understanding this morning, and then um, we will show you how we got here with nothing and how God built us up going to show you some things and so pray with me father we thank you that this morning father the spirit of understanding will rest in this house spirit of the living god you are the teacher so teach us i open up my life my mind use my tongue as a pen of a ready writer carve your truth upon our hearts we yearn out, god to excite the flesh we're not fighting anybody we're listening to your word We are not here to dishonor anybody. We want to know what your word says. And we want to follow after you. Thank you for leading us and guiding us this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said a good amen. The title of my sermon this morning is The Lost Coin. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10. Oh, please, there's plenty of seats up front as well. Make sure that everybody get... Get them. I love it. That house full and uh, surprised everybody else there because you don't have enough chairs. Praise the Lord. And it's a good thing. Amen. Amen. So, so here's the grace of God upon my life. And this is the way God raised me. In the world system, in um, the kingdom of God, the way God deals with me, this is the grace that is on me. According to the grace of God which was given to me this is your apostle as a wise master builder i've laid the foundation we've been on this road 18 years there's plenty we've got to speak about i've been born again it's now i think 25 years and god has got me on a journey and we're still growing but i want to show you some things that's going to really solidify your faith this morning and help maybe somebody make the switch into a kingdom system operation and so according to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder I've laid the foundation and another builds on it so I my job is to make sure that you understand the foundation that you stand on as a man we have been teaching around the Gospels and what we've been doing is teaching that every man's image is function and and there is no perfect family and there's no perfect father and so what you want to do is make sure that every man, your sons, and even your sons understand this, and your daughters marry this kind of man. And if you are married, you're praying for this for your husband. And if you're a man that's really falling after God, you need to understand the Gospels. And so in the Gospels, Ezekiel says, he saw something in the Spirit that gave him understanding. And he looked at this thing and he said, he saw four faces. And in these four faces, what he saw was an eagle, he saw a lion, he saw an ox, and he saw a man. Those are the four Gospels. We've studied that through the Gospels. In the Gospels, you'll find out that John is the man of the Spirit. He goes straight in, and, and he's the one that in Revelations, when he wrote the book of Revelation, it was that God was saying, uh, revealing Christ, You were saying, come up here. So he is the eagle. He's the man of the Spirit. You'll, dis- you'll discover that when you're studying the four Gospels. You will then find out of John Um, here comes Matthew Matthew speaks about a kingdom he speaks about a king and a kingdom and he is the lion that's the face that Ezekiel saw and then he saw an ox the ox has got to do with the work you were called to do in the earth the ox has got to do with your gifting the reason for your existence and how you get out of your job into your work that's what that is for and then the man on there is the inheritance that he receives in the kingdom of God, that he becomes what God has called him to be and the reason why God had made him. And so at the end of his life, he begins to celebrate and God and all of heaven celebrates with that man. Your, your wife will love you for it, your children will love you for it, and you can become all that God has called you to be. There's going to be a good clapping and an amen in this church this morning. So here in the scriptures, according to the grace that was given to me, this is the way God speaks to me. As a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation and another builds on it. Now you can build your life whichever way you want to. Mine is to make sure that you understand that what all of this that you are dealing with, there is a foundation that you're standing on. It's important to understand that. Because you can't lay another foundation for your life. If you want to win in life, if you want your family to win, you want your home, your children to be raised up, this is what is required. I've laid the foundation and other builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. You cannot win a soccer game by playing Rugby rules You can't tackle the people So if you're going to win in life as a man And as a family You must play according to the rules There are rules to play by Oh if God left us with the manual He did He did Read the scriptures Give me the next verse please For no other foundation can anyone lay Than that which is laid you don't have to lay another foundation. Just get onto the foundation with Christ. And Psalm says, if the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? If you've got no foundation as a man to stand on, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to teach your children? How are you going to raise up your family? How are you going to deal with your marriage? How are you going to deal with temptation? How are you going to deal with sin? How are you going to deal with your dream? How are you going to deal with values? How are you going to deal with principles? How are you going to build your life if you don't have a foundation to stand on? Christ is our foundation. Everything else is sinking sand. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen in this church. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, that tells me you are saved and you love Jesus Christ, but you still get to build whatever you want to build the way you want to build it. He says, now the choice is yours. If anyone builds on this foundation with gold, with silver, huh, don't have time for it. Gold, heaven, silver, earth. Whatever you bind on heaven, on earth. Okay, let's go pause that. Precious stones, stop, just go back one. Here's the other option. You can take the gold, the silver, and the precious stones. Or you can take wood, hay, and straw. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay straw, each one's work will will become clear. For the day will declare it. Now, we're talking about eternity and we're speaking about when Jesus comes back, everybody must give an account for the work that they've done. Because it will be revealed by what? By fire. Even right now in people's marriages, in their homes, in and COVID and, and all that has come, there's been a testing of marriages and families and homes of what people have built and what materials they've used to build with. If it's inferior... Because when you burn gold, it just becomes more pure. Silver, more pure. Put fire then becomes more pure. But wood, straw. Huh? And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. So all marriages get tested. Every home gets tested. Every ministry will get tested to find out what we've built our lives on. And for many people that have been chasing after the world system and built on a world system, the fire came and you found out that there's actually, this was wooden straw. This was hay. This was rubbish. They promised you a whole bunch of things. Now you need to do a COVID test every time you go into work. Who's controlling that thing? Verse, next verse. I need to move quickly through this morning. I got plenty. If anyone's work which he has built on it, your family, your home, your marriage, you as a man, if it endures, you will receive a reward. Next verse: if anyone's work is burned, you will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. That means the foundation of Christ is solid. So I am standing on a solid foundation. And even if the fire comes and I made a whole lot of poor decisions and my life turns out into rubbish, I'm still saved. You get it? But if that's the reason why you got saved is only to go to heaven, you know you were having hell on earth. Yet so as through the fire, because the fire is coming to test our work. What did I build my family on? What did I build my marriage on? What did I build this ministry on? What did I build my life upon? So you got to be very clear with what you're building. So let's get into this building process and please understand this today when you get born again in john chapter 2 nicodemus asked the question no man can do the things that you can do unless god be with him so jesus said you must be born again he says how do i go through my mother's womb again he says no you must be born of the spirit that's in john john is telling you clearly you must be born again otherwise you cannot see something called the kingdom still with me so john is explaining about the need for you to see with different eyes to get recreated in your spirit and become a new creation and begin to function out of that now this is important if you are just born again the person of jesus when you say yes to jesus the spirit of the lord comes on the inside of you it provides for your peace The person of Jesus provides for your peace. The principles of Jesus provides for your prosperity. There's a real reason why people are broke. Because you intercede all the time and you have peace when you leave your intercession but you've never applied the principles of the kingdom. So, It is the Father's good pleasure to give you his kingdom. Let us understand what Adam got at the beginning of time. When God created him in his image and in his likeness, he breathed life into him. He had the Holy Spirit. He said, God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue. Have dominion. That's what we were made for, is to have dominion, is to rule over your circumstances, including money, including your future, and, and all that goes with it. Not dominion over people. Dominion over your circumstances. So he gave him a kingdom to function out of with a value system. Now this is what I'm saying to you again. The, the person of Jesus provides for your peace. He then puts him in a garden And he doesn't just leave him in the garden, he gives him a principle to live by. He gives him himself, he gives him his assignment, he gives him all of his provision, and he leaves him with one principle of honor in the garden. He says, do not eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He says, you may freely eat of everything else. God is a good God. Listen to Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, Don't you have conversations with the devil? We we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But, Of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. No, God didn't say you mustn't touch it. Women don't always add into the conversation, lest you die. God puts a principle in the garden. Don't call for the kingdom of God and all of its abundance and all these things will be added and ignore the principle that gave Adam his prosperity. It was the tithe that was in the garden. He said, don't eat it. Because how are you going to stay connected to God and live a life of victory and walk in prosperity and fulfill your work? Adam had all of these things in place. Until he violated the principle, then God put him out of his work. And Adam was then naked. Let's read. The serpent said to the woman, Go back one, please. You shall surely not die. The devil will never tell you. He'll show you how wonderful it is. Yes, yes, yes. The thing that bothers me. Yes, yes. The thing. The, se- the serpent will never tell you about the abundance in the garden, he will never tell you about how good God is. Why are we talking about the tithe? Are we not speaking about how people, God brought people through and God saved them and how God delivered you? Do you remember where you come from? Because I come from a horrible place and the devil is a liar. Today, we're going to put him to shame. Because if God brought you a mighty long way, you need to clap your hands this morning and say God is a good God. Come on, we're going to sing of the goodness of the Lord. You keep telling us about the one tree that we can't eat of. Why aren't you talking about the many other trees that there's an abundance of? Because Satan will never do it. Why would he come and touch this thing? Why is it so important to God? Because the principle is attached to your destiny. He is not fighting you for your diet. He's fighting you over where you're going to. Because the work, your job is what he'll keep you in until you start tithing and honoring god and putting god in the center of your home and telling your children but daddy i needed uh, my, my playstation no son we're gonna first go and honor god why but i you know what i want no son i'm gonna teach you how to honor god that when in this home there is a tree that we don't touch we don't eat of we're not a part of that that belongs to the lord i'm gonna preach this thing like i feel it this morning because the principle son is that this has got to do with your destiny and your prosperity don't eat it for God knows that in the day that you eat of it your eyes will be opened All he knew was a relationship with God and God's provision that God was his only source. And that connection was there. He opened up his eyes to a level that he should never have been involved in. And you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. (laughs) Please move. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, you think you're wiser than God? You think that you can take the tithe and and take God out of the center of your home? I've seen God make rubbish of people's lives because even on a Sunday, you know, the thing that saved me is that I have to preach here every Sunday morning. God made sure of that. That I can't go out on a Saturday and a Friday and do my own thing because Sunday morning I'm here to preach. She ate, her husband ate, and we know the story. And so the eyes of the, both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now you must take care of you. For the first time, Adam has gone to find a job. He never had a job. You only had his work. What is your work? It's your assignment. That's all you knew. You just had a relationship with God. He had a principle in place. He had prosperity all around him. And God could work with his son. And this is how he was proud of him. He brought him pleasure. So now Adam has fallen to a level that God never created. And he asks the question, "Where, Adam, where are you? Because listen to this, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. You show me a man that has got no principles in his life and he doesn't even hear God speak, doesn't want to go to church, won't want to have a relationship with the Holy Ghost because that's what sin does. It makes a coward of a man. You are made for the presence of God. You are made to hear his voice. You were made to be in His presence. You were made to raise up your children that way. You were made to say the Our Father and not just a little prayer like you got the headache even over the food. You don't know how to even say gentle Jesus. Your prayer is supposed to be bold. I come from this timidity and shame and embarrassment. My whole life couldn't even lead my family anywhere. People giving us handouts and hand-me-downs and Feeling sorry for us and sending food while I'm gambling all my money out on a Saturday. I come from it, man. I come from this embarrassment as a man. And I made up my mind I'm never going back there. Because this shame thing that's in my life comes out of the scriptures. Hiding from God. Not wanting to hear his voice. Man, you went to university and you studied. You're studying books on on how to make money. You're getting books on confidence. And you're going to the world. You can read. Why aren't you reading the Bible? The first two chapters of the Bible are the purest of the, uh, in, uh, in the Bible. That was God's original intent. It was a kingdom. And in this kingdom, there was principles. And woman, don't you, don't you hold your husband away from the teachings and training. You, you must develop that, man. But I tell you something. If he fears God, you won't have a problem in your marriage. I fear God more than I fear my wife. I mean, she can punch, but God can. And uh, uh, we, we, You know, when, when we get into, you know, this lovely debates, and I got my way, and I'm forcing my way, and I'm going to have, I am the man, blah, blah, blah. She says, no problem. I'm not going to speak to the Lord. I'm saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> you ain't seen a man go and apologize, humble himself, fall on his knees and say, because by so all of the earth goes out of whack families and homes and dysfunction comes into the home because of one thing only you ate the thing you should never have eaten you violated the principle that's why you broke. That's why there's no money. That's why you can't you can't even come into your into your work. Go and find a job. I'll give you my testimony. So David he becomes this man after God's own heart. And even with the temple when he, he wants to build God a temple. God says, "cause there's blood in your hand, you can't even build me a temple, but uh, let your son will." David writes the Psalms. And this is what he brings out. He teaches Solomon the alphabet of the word of God. What is lost with Adam, a kingdom, all the provision. His relationship with God. Jesus comes back and he goes and the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost comes and everybody's filled. So you've got the Holy Ghost and you got peace with heaven. So, if you're going to die, all is good. you got a foundation, all is good. But if you're remaining in the earth and you don't want really to look like an idiot and like a fool, you're going to have to apply kingdom principles to change your life. So David When he becomes king, the first thing he does is he goes and fetches the presence of God because the king who ruled before him, Saul, did not know the presence of God. So he goes and he fetches the presence of God. But David is a principled man. Listen to some of the things that he writes. It will bring you understanding what Adam had and so that you can understand it. I'm laying a foundation so I can get into my sermon. Psalms 119 verse 133, please. Listen to David. He says, direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. God's intention from the beginning of time, let them have dominion. Not let addiction have dominion over them. Not let poverty have dominion over them. Not let lack have dominion over them. Let them rule over them, their circumstances. That's what God gave at the beginning of time. Please shout an amen. Listen to him preaching. Listen to him writing. He says, direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. The next Verse. Says, redeem me. Everybody say, redeem me. Redeem me from the oppression of man And he puts a very interesting thing in there He says that I may keep your precepts So what David is saying This world's in chaos I have your presence But I need something that you need to build on the inside of me These precepts He says I'm going to take your word and I want to be controlled by your word the rest of my days. So that I'll never be oppressed by man anymore. I want to go back to what you gave, gave Adam. And I want to walk in your presence, have my abundance, my abundance and my the provision. And I'll need to know my assignment, the work you called me to. So in the word, when he says, go back one verse, 133. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity. Listen to the word iniquity. In Hebrew, it means getting tired or losing energy. Some of you don't understand the need for the word of God and the kingdom of God because you're getting involved in business deals that's got nothing to do with your destiny. And you're getting tired. And you're looking old. Not you, the one behind you. because can you see why your apostle is 59 and still fresh and flourishing because we've got a lot of work to do for the next generation and i'm going to build my life out of the principles of god and i'm going to stay in the kingdom of god and i'm allow the word of god to order my steps for the steps of a good man are ordered by the lord everybody shouted an amen in this church listen to the word iniquity it means that you're getting nowhere by wasting energy how many men how many of the men in this place don't lift your hands got involved in deals you should never have Mm. that's all i'm getting Mm. i'm not born again I don't have the Holy Spirit to consult. I bought food carts looking for money. Let's take my gambling addiction out of the way. Besides gambling, I just wanted money. I got involved in business right up here Little Falls. I purchased a, a pizzeria. Had no idea of pizzas. Kept it for three months, lost 60,000 Rand. Whoops. What am I doing? Wasting energy, wasting time, getting tired not going anywhere. I don't want the wives to wave their hands but there's a real reason why your wife don't trust you. Because keep looking here keep looking here keep looking here keep looking here don't look around because the decisions that were made kept on affecting the family. And the woman gets tired and says, you can't keep making the same mistake. It's called iniquity. You keep on wasting time and energy. We've built nothing. The frustration in every woman's life. Yet you're the one that's telling him not to die, the woman. You don't go to church. You wake him up and say, it's Sunday morning. We're living a principled life. There's a real reason our lives are going nowhere. Because God first. His kingdom is first. Now you're involved in new, different relationships. Now you're trying another business. Now you're studying something else. No, now I want to be something else. Man, you're 75. You're still looking for another deal. And what are you going to do? It's like you built nothing. Like God sent you here to be a problem and to be confused. and God's not the author of confusion. I made so many poor decisions. I shared my testimony the other day with with somebody. I was like, you know, telling this this, this couple, I said, you know, not being born again and gambling. The sickest thing inside of me. The feeling that I get every now and again when I just, I'm reminded where God brought me from. I'm driving from... From the race course early in the morning, I've left Pastor Z, my two children with a mother. I've spent the whole day, it's the first Saturday of the month. I spend the whole day at the race course, and I'm driving back home. The sun is setting, the cap is is, is, is is sitting about here, and I'm and I'm driving home and I'm by myself and I'm half drunk. But I blew my whole salary at the race course. I don't have a cent for the rest of the month, not one month. I did it often. I just want to become rich. And this thing's having dominion over me. And I look like an idiot to the world. I'm a fool. Because of my decisions. And so, when I come into the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit says to me, you can't get involved in those deals. The Spirit of the Lord begins to direct my life and order my steps according to His word. No, I don't get involved in anybody's deal. I ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Which way do I go? What do I do? Yeah. So, so, load shedding and all of its challenge, it finally goes on last Saturday, at about maybe 4 o'clock or so. And um, I, the TV goes on and I'm flipping channels. And right there, the Durban July is on. I say, buddy, you and I, once upon a time, we were there. <laughs> so they don't know the Durban like good. So I'm laughing because I'm speaking about, you know, there's a group in a company we used to go with. Um, a friend of mine, his wife's company had this function in a special ballroom and uh, one of the rooms and they, it came with lunch and, um, you know, uh, you had to pay a certain amount for the tickets and so on. But you'd spend it not down, down there with the plebs. You'd be up in the posh, but then there was this competition, dressing up and the like. And um, I don't, I don't know the company. And uh, my, myself and Z comes because of my friend, and it's his wife's company. And so all the girls dress up, and there's a competition for the best dressed girl. And after three years, they had to cancel the competition or change the rules, because nobody in their company won the competition. My wife won it three years in a row. So they like, we don't even know you. We don't even like you. You're looking good, but we have to give you the prize. So for three years it happened. So they changed the oh, rules. No, no, you must be from the company, then you can win. It's like, ah, whatever. So we're laughing about this last Saturday. And while we're sitting now, so that's of July, also getting ready to go outside, so I turn to, I say, I say, so remember this stuff. So, so, So what number do you say? I say, ah, I say 10. She say, ah, 12. Number 12 wins. (laughs) 10 comes third. And the devil say, come back, man. Come back. I say, devil, you a liar. I'm living out of the kingdom of God. I got principles in the kingdom. We're not backing down. We're not going back. I'm not going back anymore. More more. Let the devil go to hell. You're living out of a principle. Not backing down from this thing. What does those things do? You waste energy. People won't believe it. At the time I was gambling at, I was renting a, a whole house for a hundred rand a month. I mean, it's like crazy favor. I'm not even born again. After three years, the lady that came that had the house and said, please, man, I just feel that we need to just, can we increase the rent? like, no, man. (laughs) She says, just 50 rand. I'm like, oh, okay. I took all my wages, including my overtime, and I wasted it and wasted my life on gambling. Until I came to the king. People ask me why I preach so fervently. I "I come from a mess. I come from nothing. I was an embarrassment. I built nothing with my family. So David when he gets into this says. Lord rather order my life according to your word. Order my steps according to your word. Because when you have got no connection with God. Got no understanding about his word. My life goes nowhere when your steps are ordered according to his word, then no, no, iniquity cannot govern your life. So Transparency International claims that two-thirds of the world is living under corrupt systems. I say it's more than that. Because anytime you're living under a corrupt system, our South Africa, we're going nowhere. Right. Because of leaders that have got no value system, that got no principle living, and all they're looking for is the next vote. The devil is a liar. When you get saved, you come into a kingdom. And this kingdom has got values and a principle system to live by. So nothing in the kingdom is automatic. You come into this kingdom. God, number one, you will start to change your speech. Because some of you have not made the connection yet between the chaos in your life and the rubbish you're speaking out of your mouth. Because life and death is not with the devil. It's not even with God. It's, it's between that pearly white gates of yours this morning. If you fix your tongue, you can fix your life. So God starts to bring order because he's redeeming your life from destruction. That you don't say my feet are killing me. Oh man, baby, we're going to die this way. No, 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 we're not going to die now because God, we're we, we, we calling, we will call death when we're ready for it. Because the Bible says with long life, he will satisfy you and show you his salvation so there's a connection if you don't understand order in your tongue it then goes from your tongue so God's ordering my life is like get rid of the alcohol get rid of the gambling get rid of that dysfunction here's your church go to church every Sunday order your life because you're an ordered man you're a man that's got values and then bring your tithe into the storehouse and honor God with your money and change your speech I come from nothing child of God I come from nothing my family comes from an embarrassment And so you can climb no higher than you're willing to speak. Because your, your, your words will either condemn you or set you free. Let's get past life and death in the tongue. Generational chaos is broken from your life when your steps are ordered according to the word of the Lord. He orders your minds, He orders your speech. Is redeeming you from the oppression of man. Man's got systems that will oppress you. And the only way out is through God and His Word. How many people have lost jobs because they couldn't, they refused the vaccination? So David says something. He says, take me back to your precepts. Let's understand that. Next verse is 134. This is what he says. Redeem me from the oppression of man That I may keep Your precepts Watch now So precepts versus concepts There's nothing more powerful As an idea Because ideas control the world Apartheid is a good example The, The ones who started it Are dead But it's that The idea still lives So the world is really ruled By dead men So think about this. An idea conceived is a thought. A thought conceived is a concept. Concepts come from precepts. Because a precept is the original idea. I don't know what religious system you got involved in. But God's original intent was a kingdom, not a religion. Denominations can never solve this generation's problems. He gave David, he gave Adam a kingdom. And when David got into the word and he began to read the word as a king, he says, I I don't want a man's concept. Religion is man's concept, it's his idea of how he can attract God's attention and, and, and prepare himself for heaven. God's, that wasn't God's precept. God's precept is that heaven comes to earth and that you walk in dominion and have victory over your situation. That's God's original intent. So David says, if I go back to God's original intent, my life will change. Listen to some of the scriptures that he gives here. Psalms 119. So David is giving these precepts. 111 verse 10. Quickly. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding of all those who do His commandments, who praise, who His praise endures favor. That's in the, this is in the NIV. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding. Psalms 119.27. Let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Then, then I will meditate on your, on your wonders. Psalms 1945. I will walk about in freedom. This is a good one. For I seek your precepts. The only way you're going to walk in freedom, in your home and in your family, and not live under bondage, is when you grab a hold of God's precepts. God's original idea was a kingdom with a principle in it. I'll never forget your precepts, for by them you have have preserved my life. Precepts will keep you. Psalms 119 verse 100. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. God will give you understanding way beyond your age and even others because you've gone back to God's original idea which is the kingdom of God. Listen to this, Psalms 104. I gain understanding through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore I hate every false way. Sometimes I preach hard and I'm like, you know, don't take that path. It's because I got developed in the last decade with Dr. Miles and Dr. Winston, these men, they mentored me and said, don't take another path. Build inside of you the kingdom of God. Understand the precepts. Understand the principles. And you will build a strong marriage. You will build a strong ministry. You'll build strong people. You'll build strong communities. You'll become what God has called you to be. And you'll take the people with you. And I thought I'm preaching to the right people this morning that will give Jesus the praise. So God is obsessed with all this, what I discovered. I hate when you grow up, because we grew up in apartheid and all that. I, 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 I hate the oppression of man. My whole life been oppressed. I have the money to buy a house. I can't buy the house because you're not white enough. You need permission from the neighbors. Told in a company that I worked for. You can't become a systems analyst. You're always going to be a computer operator. It's like, why? No, they're special people. So I want to get off shift work, but you're going to become like them. So where did they learn this stuff? So, said, well, you're going to go to a certain college, and they, you know this college is, and they speak the fear on the inside. Well, can I just go and try and write the test? I didn't even ask them eventually. I said, I just, the test is for free. So I went to Fonseil and preached, and I wrote the test. And by Monday, when Monday came, we, a bunch of people that went, they said, no, that one failed, that one failed, that one failed, but you passed. So I went to go and study to what it is to be a systems analyst, and it became one. But all of the systems that, we, that were designed, were designed to control me and keep me earning a certain amount of money, not going anywhere, because it's the oppression of man. And when I got born again, and I saw the freedom that this thing brought, and understood the kingdom of God, I ran, man, and I'm still running. And I'm still fighting. Can't tell me. People told me, you can't have a church here. True story. We we were at Batagon. A white woman sits at the back of the church, come to one of the services. And she asked the question, what's this colored boy doing in this area? I'm like, who the hell are you, man? My whole life I had to fight for this. When you have your life in order, Men will not be able to carry you away. Men will never have an upper hand on you. Because with God on your side and the kingdom inside of you, you become what God has called you to be and no one's going to stop you. So the more you know of him, the less oppression you live under. And the more freedom you experience. So let's deal with this money thing because I need to end. I mess up, not born again. I finally get born again. God directed me to my house. It's over 20, 20 years, 23 years we're there. While we're in this house, somebody, uh, Reg and Verlin, the apostles came, and Verlin came and said, the Lord said you got to go to Bible college. And in me, I am convinced I'm a businessman. When I got born again, I started funding churches. I'm going to say that to everybody in this place. When I was a businessman and doing the thing that God, I funded, I paid off churches that were in debt. I helped them build. You, you can keep your clap. I'm telling you now, you can keep it. I'm letting you know, I knew that I'm coming into my work. Get rid of that Scrooge stuff, man, because it doesn't work in the kingdom. For God so loved the world that He gave, man. It's, if, if, you, if you're struggling to give, you must get born again. You must get saved. You're struggling to give and, and to share. I mean, do you really want to be married to a man like that? That gets up from there and says, are you paying half? Are we going 50-50? And you have a dream you're going to, you're going to parade. <clears> huh. <throat> So I come, and I'm, I'm born again, I, I, make, I make up my mind, we go to, to Bible college. And everybody's got business cards of what they're going to do once they're out of Bible college. And they're asking me, and I'm like, I just know that I've been called to help financially. I, I love business, I wanted money, and besides, I know the pastors, the pastors I know are all broke anyway. So I'm like, Shh, don't want that lifestyle anyway. You know, have to go and sit and have tea with them and then, then gently ask, can we have the tithes? I'm not chasing after people's money. I've never had to beg anybody for it. I work for my stuff. And now I must become that. I'm like, when God said to me, you be called in to be a pastor. Now, let's, let's move before that. I'm a businessman. I don't know that I'm called to be a pastor. I'm making business. I'm earning, with Hollard, I'm earning 40,000 rand a month for six hours a day. This is 20 years ago I'm happy Besides that Z gets into business And there's an opportunity For a call center I write the software For my own call center We start up our own call center She's working at home there In the day I'm working for Hollard At night I come back We're working on the company And we're building Some things together A third party gets involved In our business I am now saved I'm now starting To find progress I'm now being led By the spirit of God God leads me into businesses. I now come into, because I'm following the Holy Spirit, man. That's all I wanted. I don't know this. I only discovered this after we started the church, which was 17 years ago. And 10 years ago, Dr. Miles taught us, and then I discovered, because God kept on drawing me deeper into my work. But all I knew was the Holy Ghost, and I knew His voice. And that's what kept me out of going down wrong roads where the Holy Spirit says, that's not the person. Don't get involved with that thing. The one deal we get involved with, um, I set up the call center at home. We've got people working there. The contract is with Microsoft. So let Bill Gates know I'm coming to fetch my stuff. He owes me. We have a third, the third party. So he, the connection with this thing is to update Microsoft's database. They in the United States. So they give us a fixed price of, they expect us to do a certain amount of records and update the database. And then they're going to pay us a fixed amount. They didn't cater for the fact that the net could be down. And, you know, then it wasn't 5G. There was a half a G. And we used to, this is what we did. So we don't make the, the quota that's there. But they've got a fixed contract. So the end of the month come, they tell me they're, they're not paying me. They paid us for three months. And, but, but I knew God was doing something inside of me. I didn't know what it was. I knew there's a work. But I'm a businessman. And so the deal goes south. And I said, well, I'm going to find my own business. But we're in trouble. Telcom cuts all the lines. I owe them thousands. Um, you know, we struggled to pay the people that were there because I refused to con- con- continue with the contract because they, they didn't pay me. And I said, out of principle... I'm not going to start because according to the contract that's what's gonna what you need to pay me long story short we lose that i i wanted to go and sue them and microsoft the holy spirit said to me you can't sue them don't waste your time so this is me now i go i look for work i get another contract in but i don't have telephones there's no lines i start calling the teams in on the day that we get the contract signed telcom cut my lines illegally so they had to leave it back on for another 21 days God opens up the the door. So I come as a businessman and I call everybody in. And in 21 days, we finish this contract. And everybody's done. And I'm like, here's the check coming in. And it does. That night, as that check got deposited into my account, the Holy Spirit, I don't know this. I don't know work. I don't know inheritance. I'm a baby Christian. I just know this voice. Wakes me up 2 o'clock in the morning and says, Son, I orchestrated that deal. The money's not yours. I'm like, what are you talking about, devil? <laughs> the Lord says, you know my voice. I laid out the night before I went to bed. We're paying, we we on the, resume, the bond with the car, da, da, da. I lay out my priority. Pay the salaries, do this and that. The Holy Spirit wakes me up. And He says, the money is not yours. This is what I want you to do. Listen to me. Not an apostle, not a pastor. not I'm a businessman. Businessman, you listen to me. Not like I don't know your world. I come from it. And the Holy Spirit says to me, not 10%. He puts a chunk of money, says, top of the list here. I want you to give so much money to Creflo Dollar Ministries. I'm like, what? He says, You pay your salaries, you pay one month on your bond, you cover this, and I'll cover the rest of the stuff for you, but this is the order. And he goes and he, he cleans out the whole, like everything, not to every cent. He says, Don't go and buy this and, and, and all the stuff. You know, groceries, end of the month, now walking around there, smiling a little bit. Uh uh-uh. uh. Here's the order. I don't know kingdom. I don't know about the principles. I just know that voice. And the Holy Ghost tells me, this is what you want you to do. I tell you, I got up that morning. I said, my wife, we we need to go to Creflo Dollar's Ministries now because I think I was there before the the doors opened. Because my flesh was going to talk me out of me doing what God told me to do. Are you listening to me? If you are driven by your flesh you are never coming into the work if you listen to your wife all the time abraham would have never put that boy on that altar he left early in the morning without her even knowing he says son the lord says you're going to be sacrificed come and don't tell mommy a thing some of you need to listen tell your wives and say no honey we are principled in this house uh, we're going to follow the holy ghost uh, and if the lord has told us to do it we're going to do it let him live a principled life I got up early in the morning, went to Creflo Dollar Ministries, went in there, wrote the check. I mean, it was not a 10%, man. Put that thing in there. Oh, it's so wonderful to see you. Thank you very much. I walked out by the door and I started crying. I said, Creflo doesn't need this money, man. I'm in trouble. My family's in trouble. And I must give the money to this man. I don't even know him. I got no relationship with him. But all I know is your voice. And I know I've got to follow what you're saying. And I don't understand it. Because as a businessman and where I'm going to, I don't know what's going to happen to my family. Here's the secret. That 2 a.m. conversation with the Lord, that was the day that God changed my priorities. Priorities. I had no idea I was called to start a church. No no idea. I was convinced it was business. This is what I discovered that morning. If God cannot change your priorities in life, then he cannot show you your purpose for life. Here's what I discovered. God can never reveal to you your destiny until you allow him to change your priorities. Because his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your your ways. If God cannot touch your money, he cannot speak to you about your destiny. This is the day that God started looking at my life and saying, because all I want to do is follow after him. But he says, from today I'm going to teach you things that I had no revelation of even in the word, but I followed him. Because sometimes understanding can wait, but obedience cannot. I did not know that God's order was different to my order. But I wanted my life to be ordered according to his word. So that no man can have dominion and nothing, no iniquity can can have dominion over me. I wanted freedom. But I need to live out of a precept. And so what was God doing? He was bringing something into my life called divine order. David prayed it. He says, order my steps. God is obsessed with order. a god of order when adam woke up on the sixth day in the garden he woke up in a place of order and if you don't order your steps order your life according to what i'm giving to you right now i am telling you now you will live in generational chaos you'll take the chaos that your father your grandfather gave and you'll continue to live in it until somebody stands up i believe it's you that's gonna stay in this house as for me and my house we're gonna serve the lord Wives, don't you keep your husbands from church and from the word and from study because where are you going to get the principles, the value system from? The kingdom of God is the principle that gives you prosperity. Let me end. Luke chapter 15 verse 8. The title of my sermon this morning is The Lost Coin." Go with me. Luke, he's the guy that deals with your inheritance. He's the one that tells you about the prodigal son who lost his inheritance and goes and spends it in a world system because he brings dysfunction into his life and loses his father's inheritance. He then make, comes back to his senses. He comes back home. Luke, the book of Luke tells you that's Luke chapter 15. But in Luke, is, he's a doctor. Dr. Luke writes this. But if you study Dr. Luke, you'll find out he's very methodical in the way he writes. He's very ordered. And so the, you start from Luke chapter 1, you'll find all of his order, the way he sets it up. He deals with three things in that one chapter, chapter 15 of Luke. He deals with the first thing. He says, speaks over the lost sheep. He says, who are having 99, 100 sheep um, a- having lost one, you know, leaves the 99. You sing that song. And he goes and he fetches the one. So there's a level of how you treat certain people. Meaning that there are some people that are babies. You know, sheep um, are not dumb animals. They, they, they're the dumbest of animals. That's why the Lord is my shepherd. Because if, you, if He's not your shepherd, you go eating all kinds of rubbish like a sheep. You get that? So He tells you about the sheep and how they function. So there are certain people you must leave the 99 to go and fetch because they're babies and they're going to get destroyed. But there's something at the end of it that deals with sons. Certain man had a certain son. So sonship... I don't come and fetch you I put enough word in the inside of you You, you eating with the pigs You got to make up your mind to come back home I don't come fetch you We're going after the sheep that needs help But the sons come home by themselves Are you getting the revelation? Let's take the piece in between Because it's all that Dr. Luke is writing The sparse that we, that we jump over Let me give you a revelation quickly Then we can end He puts in the middle of this thing Not just the lost sheep and the lost The prodigal son He deals with the lost coin Watch, it's very powerful what woman having 10 silver coins if she loses one coin what's the lost coin is the tithe. you get in 10 coins one belongs to the lord the woman is what is the church so the church has lost this coin and of course, it speaks about silver coins. And silver is the color for redemption. So you've been redeemed, not with silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus. So it's redemption. is redeeming you from the oppression of man. He's breaking you from systems. That's what the silver represents. It's God's redemption plan. It includes money. Oh, people must just get saved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where are you going to house them? Who's going to keep the lights on? The devil. Let's go through this. If she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, number one. Two, sweep the house. Three, search carefully until she finds it. Number four, when she's found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I lost. And that's the church. The church so amazing because there's the abundance in the garden but the enemy is not after telling you there's a a lot and there's a breakthrough. He speaks about this one thing called this tree that you can't eat from. The church then starts to make up their mind and they're going to go and fetch and find out about this lost coin. It's called the tithe. And so the woman being the church, the color being Silver being redemption. 10 is divine order. The number 10 is divine order. Let me tell you about tithing. Everybody tithes. Everybody tithes. You're either giving it or the devil's taking it. But the first 10% is the tithe. I tithe to the race course faithfully and gave offerings. Psalms 105 verse 37 Silver is the number for redemption So he also brought them out When God brought them out and delivered them He, did, he redeemed them He brought them out with silver and gold And there was none feeble among his tribes. That means not just your sickness will he take care of But your money he wants to take care of Is somebody with me this morning? Dr. Winston says Redemption is not complete without divine provision And so the enemy is targeting this one coin man So what's the answer? Number one is that you turn on the light. That's what she did. The church must turn on the light. Because as the church goes, so goes the nations. The power to control the light switch for any nation exists in the church of Jesus Christ and not in the government of the day god made it that his church will never need to depend on any earthly government you're going to stop begging people you're going to stop running around you're going to stop asking other people come on somebody just turn on the light just get revelation not an education your education never taught you this stuff you need revelation revelation is what the spirit of god will give you for your destiny it's called light Governments think they're in charge and everybody else. All the enemy is trying to do is to turn off the light of revelation. But I'm believing that there's a generation being raised up that's going to walk with revelation and understanding that now, this is how we make money, this is how we walk into the boardrooms, this is how we command things, this is what the Holy Ghost is saying, this is the answer for my family, this is how we run this deal, I see you sitting in the boardrooms and rearranging everything and say "Yes, our strategy, this is how we're going to build it. That person over there is your liar, that person shouldn't be here. You will be able to know it. Why? Because you are led by the Spirit of God. I'm the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. In the world system, you're sitting right through your profit and loss. There's no loss in the kingdom. If you can hear the Holy Ghost, there's no loss in your life. You will know that that person has turned against you. You will know that they there's a they lying over here. I went to Morel's boutique out in, you know, as a pastor. Morel calls us in. Bernice calls in. She says, "Look, man, I don't get it. We got so much business, but we're not seeing any prophets. I went to their company. I went to go and pray. So they said, Father, in the name of Jesus, let there be light in this place. Anything that's in the dark, expose it. Amen. She called me back the next month. She says, you cannot believe the kind of theft that was taking place. Every one of the staff was involved in it. They stole her and she she blasted them all. She fired them all. Because... You keeping doing business, thinking that God wants to take your money. What mentality is that? When God's come to give you abundance and show you the other trees and the abundance by the Spirit of God. He's teaching you to profit. When he says to you, that person that's uh, sitting around you is actually stealing from you. He's teaching you to profit. Because the light switch is with the church. Number two is sweep the room. So here's the church. There's dust. What does she do? She takes the broom and she starts sweeping. What is that? That's the demonic forces that wants to rest in the church and cover the one coin. That's the devil. Why would the devil tell her about the one tree and not tell her about the abundance of what God, how good God is? Why would we come after the one and leave and, and you know, just, just go get yourself a job. And don't worry about tithing. Don't worry about honoring God. Don't live a valued and a principled life. Just keep on doing your own thing because the Lord knows you need of it. Only the devil will tell you that. God says, you honor me with your substance, man. You honor me with the first fruits of your increase. Honor the Lord. If you want to live long and strong, you honor God. You put him first in your home and in your life. The devil will always come after that one coin. You don't mind you getting a job? You should be concerned about, you think you're worried about a tithe. You should be concerned about your destiny. The day that God spoke to me about reordering my life and I did it. Then God started showing me about my purpose. And said, now you're ready to come. you called to be a pastor and lead a church. I struggled with this thought. For 18 months I got sick because I could not see myself here we'll come to that next week but it was because god first fixed me here some of you don't even know how wealthy you are not everybody's called to start a church but in your business you don't even know the kind of millions that's on you but god is waiting for you to reorder your life according to his word so that you know uh, you know then the holy spirit will show you that person's not with you then that god will show you that's the deal Oh, that's the way to go. The Holy Spirit will give you favor and and show you and direct you and bring you to a place of profit. Why? Because you became a principled person. God first. His kingdom is first. That's why he said, seek. It's the glory of God to, to, to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. Proverbs 25 and verse 2. You were supposed to search out the matter. That's why God said, seek first the kingdom. Why? Those three words are so important. The kingdom is there, but there's two words before it. Number one is seek, that the kingdom will never seek you. If you don't seek the kingdom, it will, it will be left to someone else. And then he says first, why? Because he knows when month end comes and that salary comes in and all the pressures of this world and you've laid out your deal and God says that is not first me, that's you first. And I can tell you today, I would not be standing here. We started in a double garage with 12 people that aren't here anymore. But God started raising up a people. And God started sending provisions and taking care of my family. Because I could know I could come into my work. Because I knew I will never have a money problem. Because God's going to take care of me. Because His kingdom is first. And all these things must be added. When you understand the power of the kingdom, there is a real reason why. Here's the real reason why people don't come into their work. They haven't let go of the order God's calling them to. They refuse to reorder their lives. Priorities is what fixes your life in the kingdom. Because God's a God of order. And when that is fixed, the devil would fight you for this thing. Because once you stepped in here, you, you become what God has called you to be. What does he do? He puts demonic things. So you start to tithe the first month, all hell broke loose in my home. And for months, I'm like, God, you said then tithe, so where's this? Listen, it's too late to tell me that tithing doesn't work i've built my life around the system for the last 25 years i still tithe this last month i tithe every month i tithe of my money i make sure that the kingdom is first why not for you for me for me for me and my family don't get mad at me don't ah the pastor's just taking the people's money and gone listen man we had nothing when we started the church i said god where's the speakers where's the singers where's the mics God said to me, you got a Bible, right? I said, yes, sir. He says, you got two hands, right? He says, I'll clap your hands and preach the word. That was my start. We come from nothing. I said, we come from nothing. I put aside when I knew the call of God, I put aside 200,000 and took it and put it aside so I knew I'd get into trouble. I could go and depend. God kept quiet until the 200,000 was over. And so so I said, God need to help me. He says, Are you done? are you ready for your work because when i bring you in here i'm not bringing you based on your uh, your your money based on your skill this is the grace of god that's going to build you up and make you what i call you to be so that you're going to owe no man a thank you you're going to owe no man a thank you i beg nobody for anything i don't beg you you don't want to come no problem for me but me and my house we're going to serve the lord because we made up our minds the kingdom is first everybody shout amen in this church Money is the main reason why people don't come into their destiny. They never have enough. How's it going to work out? What's that? That's demonic forces in your house, man. That's the dust that the enemy threw over. Making money the thing. It's honor. Tithing is a heart issue. Demonic systems strained you. Oh, you must manage it. How are we going to come in and what are we going to do? Just put God first. These things will be added. Number three, search carefully. You go and try it, man. Acts chapter 17, verse 10. I gotta end. Got it, got got it. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, no, not here, bro. Berea, these are people who studied the word of God. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Next verse, quickly. Let's end. The, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched out the scriptures daily to find out whether these writings were so you must go and search it out go and find out what I'm telling you is true. you go and number one say devil you take your hands off my money I'm going to honor God I'm going to do this I'm changing my priorities from today God is first don't give me your leftovers because you'll also come when you are 89 say I want to I do something for the Lord What are you going to do, buddy? At 89, a life that's gone nowhere. So if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And the kingdom has become your priority. My time is gone. The enemy wants you to keep the dust on this coin. But I am believing God right now for a generation. Please come up. Let the worship team come up. That there's a generation being raised. Everybody stand to your feet. That today in the presence of Almighty God, you'll make the adjustment to come into your work and that God has God for you. Let God be true and every man be a liar. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Won't he do it? Turn on the lights. Revelation of the kingdom of God. That God wants you to change your priority this morning. Walk past the amount. Think of honor think about it that this is the portion that belongs to God. And we're not going to eat of it. This is the coin that belongs to the kingdom. And I'm not going to stop until I have a revelation and understanding. Because I'm tired of my life going nowhere. More than being saved, you need to activate principles in your life. You need to begin to Put the priorities straight in your life and say, God, I need to honor you. Wives, teach your husbands. Teach your children. Husbands, honor, honor, honor. You want your wife to honor you, you honor God. You want to see progress in your life, honor God, man. You want to see progress. You want to see you, yourself coming to your work. Honor God, man. Stop making an excuse. Be done with those excuses. Hands are lifted everywhere. Let's take a moment just to worship the Lord. We honor you, Lord, not just with our mouths, but from our hearts, with our substance, in our families, and in our homes. I pray this morning for every man that will be raised up, every boy that will be raised up and lives a principled life. To honor the Lord with their substance and the first fruits of their increase. Women, teach Him how to honor God and He will honor you the marriage bed. Teach your children honor and you build success inside of them. Honor the Lord. Those who honor me, I will honor, says the Lord. Honor for honor, says God. Don't let the enemy throw more dust over that and say, just accept that. No, no, no. There is a coin. It's not yet in your pocket. The enemy's been stealing it. It's called the tithe. We are under grace but the principle still remains. This house as for me and my house we gonna serve the Lord. Father I pray the grace you gave me the foundation we're standing on and the grace and the anointing you gave me to make that turn and to come into my work. You did it for me my God. I know that has been through toils and snares. It, it's not, it hasn't been easy, but it's been worth it. And you are gracious, God, to help every man get up from where they are and become what you've called them to be. That we can walk in the fullness of your blessing and receive all that you have for us. I thank you for the anointing. For anybody that doesn't know Jesus Christ, here's your moment heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Please, can we just honor the Lord in this moment? You must be born again, sir, ma'am. Not come into a religion, a relationship with the Lord. You must be born again, otherwise you cannot see and enter into the kingdom of God. We can't even speak about principles because in my own strength, I couldn't do it. The Holy Spirit is your teacher, is your strengthener, is the paracletos. He's coming to strengthen you. He's going to guide you into all truth and righteousness. You must be born again. Otherwise, you can never walk down this path. You cannot defeat the enemy with a carnal mind, a natural mind. No natural man can can defeat the enemy. He's a deceiver. This is your day that you'll make right with the Lord. You must be born again. Otherwise, you cannot see the kingdom. Please, can we honor God in this moment? If that's you this morning, you need to make right with the Lord and get born again. Or once you were saved and now you're not, you feel like you're so far from God. God's not moved. It's you who's moved. It's time for the sons to make right, the men to make right, the women to make right, boys, girls, this is for everybody. If that's you this morning you need to make right with the Lord, lift your hand and I'll pray for you. Lift it high and I'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pray this after me, everybody. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I believe you in my heart that you died on the cross for a sinner like me. Thank you for cleansing me. Thank you for washing me. Thank you for giving me a brand new start. I believe that you died on the cross for a sinner like me. I'm tired of wasting my life. I give my life to you. Order my steps according to your word. Let no iniquity have dominion over me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and ordering my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Clap your hands. If if you, if you said that prayer even online, you are saved. You are born again in the kingdom of God. Welcome to the kingdom. Welcome to the kingdom. Welcome to the kingdom. We're going to receive the offering and then we're going to do the baby dedication. Please be seated just for a minute. God is a God of order. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 14, sorry, verse 14. Look at the order with God. Somebody said this week, what father would first demand that you give him money and then he will bless you? Why aren't you reading the scriptures? Abraham hasn't got his own children. He raises up 318 leaders. and They were actually adopted and orphan children sons in his house 318 of them he trains him up on the blessing and the kingdom principles because Abraham knows how to raise an altar before the lord and he has a relationship with god teaches him principles the altar and so forth Abraham heard that his brother so lot is taken captive because he takes he chooses sodom and gomorrah he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own house and he went in pursuit of his father's dad. So he trains up these 380 boys and says, I'm going to teach you how to go into where you need to go into and gain victory and come back victorious. That's what you got. I got, I, I got a whole system called the 318 Leadership Engine, where we're training up leaders to train you how to go into the mountains of media, education, arts, entertainment, business, and how to go and possess your possessions and come back with the results for the kingdom of God. Everybody said amen. So he divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hoboth, which is north of Damascus. Trains them how to walk in victory because they become principled. So he brought back all the goods. May you come back with the contracts. And also brought back his brother. We're not, it's not about money. It was both the goods and the people. Yeah. The people must be saved. Amen. He brought back Lot, his, his brother Lot, and his goods, as well as the women and the people. So it wasn't just about money. It was about the people. When God sends you an assignment, next week you get into this. It's about other people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheba, that is the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of of Shedoloma, and the kings were there with him. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem brought out bread and wine. That's a covenant. We need to study Melchizedek, righteousness in Melchizedek, then you'll understand why the tithe. Melchizedek no no genealogy no beginning no end that's Jesus himself that's the order we tithe according to the order of Melchizedek which is Jesus himself he receives your tithes so he comes into a covenant relationship meets up with the king Melchizedek and he was priest of God most high wine and bread bread and wine is covenant It's, it's your communion And he blessed him. Listen to the order. He goes and he gets the contract. God gives him the victory. He comes back with the contract and he comes back with the deal signed and the money's in the account and the family's rejoicing. And he blesses him. And he does what? Look at the order. He blessed, he says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Ronaldo of God most high. Come on, every every man, you put your name in there. Blessed be, come on, of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. So he puts the blessing on him and he reciprocates with a tithe. You don't tithe to be blessed, you tithe because you're blessed. You are not trying to get something from God. You've got it already. You are anointed. Just teach your children how to come back after you gave them a gift and say thank you to your father. Teach them how to do it. Because the Bible says, in these last days, the love of many will grow cold. Why aren't you teaching your children to come back and say, can you at least say thank you for the food? Can we thank God for the food? I mean, where does it come from? Can you wake up in the morning and thank God and say, Lord, thank you for the air that I breathe. Why aren't you teaching your children to say thank you? That was just thank you. Thank you for the victory. Thank you that you were with me. Thank you that you gave me the contract. Thank you that the money's has got transferred. Thank you that we are now victorious. My family is saved. Our home is saved. Thank you very much. Here's a tie. You don't get blessed. You don't die to be blessed. you tithe course you are blessed that belongs to the lord i am a principled man i speak that into every man from today the turnaround that happened in my life will happen in your life that you're going to have an encounter with god and you're going to be able to honor god with your money and not come back to church broke every time trying to find two cents and petrol for your car to come to church why don't you honor the lord and see what he does for your life Father, thank you for your people and their giving. I bless them today. Thank you for the spirit of understanding. No manipulation, no fear, no guilt. Bless your people in their giving, that they will always put you first. First things first. I bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Seek first the kingdom, and all will be added. All will be added. Seek, seek first the
1: kingdom, and all will be added. Seek Seek first.
0: that stand, all the visitors in the house. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We honor you. We celebrate you. Thank you so much for being in the house. Glory to God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We do have guest central out in the foyer. The coffee is for free. The donuts are for free. Please just have a moment with us. But for all those that are dedicating their babies and the loved ones, now's your moment. Please can we do that? Please come forward with your Loved ones, your, your babies, and it takes a village to raise a child. So, so make sure that not just mom and dad come. Anybody that's attached to the family wants to be a part of it, you're allowed to come forward. Now's your moment to celebrate with them, to stand with them in agreement with them. Amen. Amen. We heard there are four babas. Glory be to God. Please, won't you come stand over here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, my word. You should have another 10, dude. Ah. Wow. And of course, King is in the house. Yeah. Yeah. Solomon, how many more, my man? your mark was by a child to be TV and so on so I mean you're going to raise them the TV stars amen it's so great to have every one of you here but this is a very important moment a, a baby dedication honestly your children don't understand what I'm saying this morning we're doing it before the Lord and they're going to God's going to do his part but the baby dedication is really not for the child it's for the parents it's the vow and the commitment before God that you're doing before the Lord. Because they would not remember this day except you show them some photos and in your Instagram account. But you have a great responsibility. Because working with the youth and, of course, being a pastor for such a long time, it's easier to raise up strong men, uh, strong boys than to fix broken men. If I could do it again, son. If I had an opportunity just to take my babies again. If I just had another chance. If I had somebody to train me up on things like this, I would have done life completely different. I wasted so many years. And it never helped my children in many ways. With all the money I was looking for, I could not make life work. I pray this morning. I can't keep you long. I get it, dude. I got the message. My time's up. This is about you. They're not saying yes. All the parents and all the family. It takes a village to raise a child. And with all the craziness in our communities and now, you know, you speak of the taverns and you speak about others that died again and so went to this weekend, and it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It's going to not take parents to raise them, it's going to take a village to raise them. And you're right there. You should be the one speaking, protecting, guiding, helping, saying it's not right. And you should be the one speaking blessing over them every day. So here's the covenant you're entering into as parents. Do you now present your child before God in solemn? Dedication. Your response is, we do. Gift. Do you consecrate yourselves as parents to bring up your child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Do you promise to instruct him or her in the teachings of Jesus Christ and in the practice of prayer and to guide him or her in the development of Christ-like character? Do you promise to try to the best of your ability so to shape the home life of your child, both by family devotion, and by your words and your example that he or she will at the proper age most naturally come to open confession of Christ and into the fellowship and service of the church? We do. So, in the name of Jesus, Pastor Z, come, let us dedicate the bubbles. as we start here. In the name of Jesus, what is his name? Noah. Father, we dedicate Noah to you today. That in the name of Jesus, he'll always desire you, desire your presence, will always love on you, will know you, will be raised up like Noah was, with full of grace, experiencing your blessing wherever he goes, preserved from every kind of wickedness and evil. Bless him, raise him up, and make him the man you gave them to this couple, to this family, to be. I bless you today. I dedicate you to the Lord. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, you are dedicated to Jesus and his work in his kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. That has been the sweetest one. Everyone was just fighting. before. So good. He wants more. Maybe there's a preacher in him. Father, we dedicate King to you today. We thank you for his life. His destiny, His purpose We decree and declare that He is And will always walk in dominion Have kingdom revelation Walk with a spirit of understanding And rule the way you've called Him to rule Thank you for the righteous standard being raised up through this young boy I dedicate you to the Lord From this day forward In the name of Jesus For kingdom service and purpose Amen and amen Yale and Yule. How do you say it? Yule. Father, we dedicate Yale and Yule, Michael, Matthew, Cupido, to the Lord. Father, we thank you, Lord, that their lives will always give you praise. Whoo. The enemy will always be under your feet. You will always experience victory and favor. And what god's done through your father you will stand on his shoulders and you will reach much further see much further because you are dedicated from this day to the kingdom and into greatness from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet we dedicate you unto the lord in the name of jesus and pastor z will touch on words
1: amen Father, we just give you praise for this dedication, my God. Thank you that every one of these baby boys that have been dedicated to you will see in their fathers the four faces of Jesus. I pray for an anointing today upon each couple today, my God. Thank you for wisdom that you will give them to rear their children, my God. Thank you for discernment, my God, of knowing what to do and where to place them, my God. I thank you today, Father God, that this Father is an open heaven upon them today, Father. That as they have the responsibility to rear these children, they will always look to you to bring them up, Father God, in the principles of the kingdom of God. And I thank you today, Father God, that they have been given this opportunity to take the gift of God that has been given to them and to present them to God and to the world as a glorious example of the goodness of God. I thank you that they are covered under the blood of Jesus. Wherever they go, that they, uh, the angels have been given charge over them to keep them, to preserve them and to watch over them. From this day forth, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Congratulations.
0: Congratulations to all the families. Amen. And just uh, remember for anybody that speaks a word curse over them, just separate them from your baby, all right? Because they say sticks and stones can break your bones, but words will never harm. Nah. Words will do a lifetime of damage yeah. Don't you let them speak anything else But blessing upon that little words From this day forward You are blessed And you cannot be cursed All the days of your life Everybody stand We're going to dismiss the service I bless you today From the crown of your head To the soles of your feet You are victorious and overcoming In every area of your life This week you will experience The favor of God like never before You'll experience the goodness of God that surrounds you. His favor surrounds you like a shield. Open doors that no man can shut. This is the day that God started creating order in your life. God's going to send the right people to help you and become what God has called you to be. I bless you this week. You are preserved and you are protected. Psalm 91 is your portion. No evil will befall you. Neither will any plague come nigh your dwelling. He's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. I bless you. Let's go rejoicing this morning. Thanking the Lord for our babies, our families, our homes. Let's go rejoicing. Come on, let's clap our hands. Let's bless the Lord this morning. God bless you. Thank you for being in service this morning. Amen and amen.